Amen. If anybody would like to bless me with $10,000, I would not turn that down. Bishop was talking about that. Um, and I, I would never say this, but I will echo Brother David's uh, sentiments on kidney stones are worse than child labor. I wouldn't say that personally. Um, but he did. Just heard it. Yeah, just heard it. I don't know if it's true or not, but pray for Sister Stoops. I'm telling you, they hurt. They, they hurt. If anybody knows my wife and has ever followed her on the freeway, she drives like she stole it. The speed limit says 55 or 70, and she goes 70 or 80. I had a kidney stone attack out at the campgrounds. Uh, it was kids camp or something. We was out there, and I, I got this pain in my back. And I'm like, oh, I know what this is. This is not good. I said, hey, we got to go. And anybody that knows my wife, once she starts talking, you know, I know I'm getting a look right now. No, I'm kidding. But uh, no, I'm like, hey, we got to go. I, I got to get out of here because this is not going to be good. And I kid you not, any other time we could have been home in like five minutes. And it took like a half hour to get home. It didn't really, but that's what it felt like, it seemed like. So pray for Sister Stoops. I'm telling you, she's in pain and it's hurting. Um, all right, enough about that. I give honor to our pastors, uh, Pastor Shostra and our First Lady. So thankful that they have allowed me to speak tonight. Um, pray that they're safe on their way home and they get back quickly. I give honor to our bishop and Sister Bishop. God bless you. Thank you for being here. It's, it's an honor. Um, a year ago, I would have never felt that it was a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. I know that sounds weird to say, but it always is a privilege to be here. Um, you always hear pastors talking or missionaries talking about the, the hidden churches in China or Russia where they have to hide their services. Pastors talked about they have to sit on their hands and, and you know, they can't make a whole lot of noise. They have to know who's at the door before they'll let them in um, because they are in hiding. I never thought that would happen here, and it hasn't been that way yet, but because of COVID, you kind of question, all right, are we going to get to go to church this week? Are we, are we going to get to hear the word this week from pastor or hear the singing? And I never would have thought that would happen until this year. And so now I am even more so, I am so grateful and thankful to be in the house of the Lord. I, I do not take it for granted. And I'm, I'm thankful that we can, we can be here together. Um, if you would, let's turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 36 through 40. All right. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples and came unto him saying, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. It was a few years ago I was, when I was one of those rare times when I'm on day shift, I had came home from work and I was, if, if you know where I live, Brother Galoni lives at the end of the road and I live down at, almost at the other end of the road. And I was driving home one day and I, it was an early spring and, and I looked to my left and I seen this, this field and there's this real nice house and they got this nice big field and I looked, and lo and behold, there was a tractor out there with a plow on it. And I thought, oh, that is so cool. They had plowed up this field. It was probably, it wasn't a field, but it was a big garden, probably an acre. And I thought, man, that is so cool. I get so excited about seeing tractors. 
seeing uh, people out working in the field. I love it when they plow the road, uh, the field across from me. I love it when they have their tractors out. I like to smell the dirt. I like to smell the diesel and hear the, the, the tractors going. And I was excited. I'm like, cool, they're going to grow a garden this year. That is, that is awesome. And so the next day went by, and I went to work, and I came home, and I looked to see that the progress that they were making. And lo and behold, they had been out there, and they had a couple rototillers, and they had tilled up this whole big garden. And it was a big garden. They had been out there all day working on it, and the, the soil had went from being big clumps where the plow had plowed it to being, it was nice, smooth soil. You know how it is when you till your garden, it looks nice and smooth, and it looks real pretty. So I was, I was excited. Next day I went to work, I came back, drove by it, looked, and they had stakes out from one end to the other with, with strings where they had been marking their rows and they were going through and they would take their hoe and, and make a, a straight line and they would sow their seeds and then they would cover it back up. And I could see that they had made progress through this field or through this garden. And it actually, it took them a couple of days to do that. And, and, and so... I don't know, a week, the, uh, this whole cycle took probably a, a week to, to get through, and, and finally the, all the, the seeds have been planted. I don't know what all they planted, corn, beans, squash, zucchini, you name it. It was all in there, and I, I was excited for them. I don't even know who the people are, but I was excited for them. Because I, I have a green thumb myself. And I will tell you, young person, young man, young lady, do never, never make fun of your parents for something when you're younger because you're probably going to end up just like him. <laughs> I used to not make fun of my dad, but just kind of rub him a little bit because he always liked to plant stuff and mess with flowers and in the garden. And lo and behold, I'm that guy that I like to be out there doing something. That's why you see me mowing the grass. I just like to be out there doing, you know, doing something, doing work for the Lord or whatever. And so a couple of weeks went by and I looked again and the garden didn't look as good as what it did when they first started. I could see the little rows of greenery starting to come up in the, in, the, in the garden, and beside the rows where the plants were, in between them I could see little sprouts of weeds, just a little greenery. And I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's not good. they got to get in there and take care of that. So nothing happened. Another day went by, a couple days, and I drove home from work again, and I looked, and sure enough, they were out there with a the rototiller, and they had tilled up in between each row and got all the weeds out of it, and I am not an OCD guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I was, in my soul, I felt good that they had tilled those weeds out of there. <laughs> it was good to see that they were tending their garden, and this happened over the course of probably the next month, this cycle of I would see weeds start to grow, and the plants, I could see the plants were getting bigger, but the weeds would come in, and they would get their tiller out, and they would till up all the rows, the weeds in between them, and they would be gone. And then I noticed that as time went by, that they didn't go out there and tend their garden as much as what they did when they first planted it. And I thought, well, that's a shame because they had put all their hard work, they had put their invested time, they had invested money into this garden. And I thought, man, I just hate to see them just let this garden go. It's got so much potential, it has so much value. They, you know, they could eat it, they could can this stuff, they could eat it later on in the fall and in the wintertime. 
And I felt like the Lord speak to me. I felt like he just, he just spoke to me and he said, Josh, this is just like your spiritual life. We have so much potential. We have so much that we, so many areas we can grow in and God and we can grow spiritually, but it's so easy to allow weeds. It's so easy to allow tears. It's so easy to allow the distractions of life, the burdens and the cares of life to get to us. And before we know it, we've got tears in our own spirit, in our own spiritual garden. We've got weeds that we've allowed to grow. The Bible tells us, and I'm a, I'm a, I, got, I come up with a few things that I felt the Lord dealt with me to, to stay strong in 2021. To stay focused in 2021, to make sure that we are growing to our potential, that we are not allowing the, the tears and the weeds and the distractions of this world to get into our spirits, to get into our spiritual gardens. And, and this isn't an all-inclusive list. This isn't, this isn't the list to be all, you know, to end all. Um, it, and I said it a couple of Sunday nights ago when I was talking about pastor, and I truly meant this, that this is what I felt the Lord gave me. Now, pastor could come up with it completely different angle and it blow our minds. So this is just what I felt the Lord was given to me. But we need to be rooted in 2021. Rooted. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love. And we're going to go on to Colossians 2 chapter, chapter 2 verse 6 through 8. Um, As ye therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Paul is simply telling us that we need to be rooted and grounded in God. We need to be established in God. We need to be established in the faith. We need to be established in our relationship that we have with God. There's so much chaos and there's so many things going on in this world that it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to let the cares of life influence us in our spiritual walk with the Lord. It's chaos out there. I never thought it could be this bad. I feel like the old guy that says, I remember when. But I do. I remember when America was America. And I don't want to get political. I'm not trying to do that. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I, I don't care. But I remember when things used to be normal. And I never thought it could get this bad. And I even now I say to myself, wow, it can't get any worse. There's no way it could get any worse. And I wake up the next day and it's gotten worse. And then it's like Groundhog's Day. I say to myself again, Brother Rob, it couldn't get any worse. I wake up the next day and it's gotten worse. It's crazy. But that's the day and that's the time that we're living in. And if we're not careful, if we're not vigilant, if we're not watching, it's so easy to allow the enemy to sow a tear. It's so easy for the enemy to, to get us distracted from what our focus is and what our goal is. So how do I get rooted and grounded in love, in God? One, we've got to stay connected to the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 says, And let us consider one another provoke unto love and to do good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, 
as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Stay connected to the body. Whenever these doors are open, we need to be here. Whenever there's something going on at church, we need to be here. Now, I know I wasn't here this morning. I worked all night last night. I knew I was speaking tonight. I need to get some sleep. So, <laughs> otherwise I'd be up here in a fog. But we need to be here. Unfortunately, they canceled the marriage conference. I've been married for 25 years, and guess where I was going to be at on February 13th? I was going to be here. Working, listening, doing something, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I know the value of us being together. I draw strength from each one of you. I get a text from somebody saying, hey, I'm praying for you. Hey, I'm thinking of you. Get a card from somebody saying, hey, whatever. I, I, I draw my strength from you, and I know that you draw your strength from me, and it's so important for each one of us to be there for each other, to be there for our pastors, the leadership of this church. We've got to make sure that we're staying connected to the body of Christ. We're not in this alone. We're all in this together. We've got to encourage each other. We've got to lift each other up. We've got to edify and strengthen the body of Christ. Amen? Second thing we can do is get in the Word. Consume the Word. Psalms chapter 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word is so, so very powerful. I used to say it, and I, I, I didn't say it a whole lot, but I've said, you know, when you realize when you're a parent, you mess up sometimes. And I'm probably the only parent that's ever done that, okay? <laughs> And then you feel bad and you tell your kids, look, there's not a manual on how to raise kids. Anybody ever say that? Okay, thank you, Sister Lisa, for being honest. I appreciate it. And I used to say that, and then I thought to myself, you know what? There, there is a manual, Bishop. There is. It's the Word. It's the Bible. It tells you how to treat your kids, how to raise your kids. It has all the answers to life are in the Bible. Everything. You want to know how you're supposed to act? You want to know how you're supposed to talk? You want to know how you're supposed to treat each other? You want to know how you think, how you're supposed to feel? It's in the Word. Read the Word. When I was going to get my uh, minister's license, one of the requirements is, is that you have to read the Bible through. I think you have one year to read it through. And yes, I've been in this my whole life, but I'll be honest with you, up until I went to get my minister's license, I had never read the Bible all the way through at one time. And so one of the things that you had to do was you had to read the Bible through all the way. So I'm reading the Bible through, and I'm, I'm plowing through it, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. There's some good stuff in here. And, you know, my dad was my pastor at the time, and I'm like, hey, Dad, have you ever read the Bible all the way through? He's like, yeah, like many times. I'm like, there's some good stuff in here. He goes, yeah, there is. Get in the Word. I think there's bread charts back there. It's not too late to start reading your bread, reading your Bible. It's, it's food for your soul. It's food for your spirit. You're feeling down. Get in the Word. Read your Bible. It's good for you. Another thing we can do is pray and pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Prayer is a powerful weapon. 
You're going through some things. You don't understand some things. You're getting emotions that you don't understand or thoughts or feelings that you, you don't know where they're coming from. You're being tempted. You're being, all, you feel all the pressures of life around you and the world around you, and you don't know what to do, where to go. Pray. Really simple. Just find five minutes in your prayer closet. And find somewhere to pray. I was working at work, and there was this lady that was there, and she's no longer there. And I may have told you this before. I, I don't remember. But, man, she was just so, I could just see it on her face. She was so downtrodden, so weary, just so, just not doing good. And I said, hey, what's, what's going on? And I have to be really careful at work. I just can't go Bible thumping everybody. I'll get in trouble. So she began to open up, and she, there were some things going on in her son's life, and he went away for a very long time for doing or not doing something he shouldn't have done. She hadn't slept for like a month straight. I mean, she was only getting an hour of sleep a night, maybe two if she was lucky, because her mind would just not shut off, and her emotions were just out of control. So I said, hey, would you mind, when you go on break, would you mind if I pray with you? And she just got these big tears in her eyes, and she said, absolutely. She goes, I haven't been to church for a year. She goes, I'm so mad at God. I'm so bitter at God because he let this happen to my son. And instantly in my mind, I'm thinking, well, he didn't let it happen. Your son had a choice. But anyways, so she went on break and, and she came and got me and we went into an office that, that was unoccupied and, and we prayed. And I just said a simple prayer. I'm like, God, just touch her, be with her, give her peace, help her to sleep at night. I can't remember what all I said, but I could feel the presence of the Lord. And she came in the next day, and her countenance was completely changed. And it wasn't because I am some great spiritual giant or nothing like that, but I, just, I did take the time to pray with her. She said, man, she goes, I slept like a baby last night. I slept for like 10 hours. I haven't slept like that for months. Prayer. Prayer works. Prayer changes everything. Pray without ceasing. There's times I go throughout my day, all the time, praying for somebody in my mind. Praying for, I, I, I feel bad telling you this because I don't want any glory, but anytime there's a missionary in that house and I see him, I go and introduce myself to him. I get their name. Why? Lawn boy's out there praying for him, Bishop. I'm out there praying for sister, uh, that, that lady who was just there that had COVID. Sister Day, praying for all the missionaries that come through there. Why? Because somebody needs it. Somebody needs those prayers. We've got to lift each other up in prayer. Another thing we can do is have faith in and proclaim God's promises. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. The Bible, the word, is chock full of God's promises. And his, his word will not go forth and come back void. There's, there's promises or you could take it to the bank. The word's going to endure to the end. It's not going to fail. It's not going to fade. And every promise that God has written, every word that he's, going to, that he's given us, it's going to come to pass. Good. Proclaim God's word. Have faith in God's word. Another thing that we can do, um, and this is my second uh, point, is to be weed and tear free. And we need to, with the help of God, to remove anything that stands as a distraction from him, anything that is a weight, the cares of this life, and the worries of this world. Hebrews chapter, one, uh, chapter 12 verse 1 says, 
Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. With God's help, and I know we all have our challenges. I know we all have our obstacles and our issues that we have to deal with. And my issue is not yours and yours is not mine. But we all have something that we deal with, right? And I pray that God will help us to lay down each and every weight. Whatever it is that we battle, whatever it is that we face, God, help me to lay that weight down. Help me to lay that burden down. Help me to overcome that weakness in my life to get that tear out of my life, that weed that's, that's grown up in my life. You know, you try to ignore it, hope it'll go away, and guess what? It don't go away. Weeds just don't go away. What's a weed do if you leave it alone? It grows. And then if it germinates, it spread drops seeds. I can't stand dandelions. I don't like them. Don't let your kids out here in the grass after the spring, because I guarantee you there's weed killer out there. But those dandelions, once those dandelions grow and they mature, the yellow little flower comes off of and it turns that white little poofy thing. It's got full of seeds. If I let those seeds go, it's going to go all over the, the yard and it's going to look ugly. Just like the weeds and the tares in our spiritual life, if we let that wheat, uh, the weed, the tares, the sin in our life grow, it's just going to keep multiplying. So we've got to make sure that we have those weeds and the tares that are out of our life and, 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 and deal with them. Be, they need to be gone. Amen. We need to be fruitful. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 through 25 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections of the lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. And it's so easy to become depressed, anxious, bitter, spiteful, hateful towards one another. I never thought I would become the grumpy old man. I'm 45 and I'm like, get off my lawn, you know? And it's easy in these days that we become what we don't want to be, right? We can become anxious, we can become grumpy, we can become spiteful, bitter, hateful, and it's the spirit that's in this world today. But a prayer that I often pray is, God, help me to operate in the gifts of the spirit and bear the fruits of the spirit. I want God to operate in me, and I want others, I want to be bearing the fruits of the spirit so that when people look at me, that they say, hey, He's bearing some fruit. Hey, I see something in him that I don't see in anybody else. There's something about him. I want to show kindness and meekness and gentleness to people. I want to be what God has called me to be, to be long-suffering, and to have temperance, and to, and to be meek. There's a guy that I'm not going to mention his name. Some of you may know him. He goes to a church here locally. If you go to the ball fields on uh, church night and watch softball, he's a really nice guy. Uh, this guy has an awesome walk with the Lord. And I have watched him from afar. He's not apostolic. He's not Pentecostal. I think they're maybe charismatic. I, I don't even know. But he has a sincerity in his heart for the Lord. He has a relationship with God that I, I have watched him. And he's just always just this solid, like, ship that's just sailing in the ocean. And it's, 
I'm sure he has issues just like the rest of us. But I talked to him the other day. I said, you know what? I'm so thankful that I can see the fruit in your life. I can see that you love the Lord. I can see you have a genuine relationship with God. How did I notice that? How do I see that? Well, he's bearing fruit. He's not out there raging on the waitress because they brought him the wrong thing. He's not out there getting mad on the ball fields and th saying things he shouldn't say. But no, he's, he's bearing fruit. I can see God in him and working through him. Another thing that we need to do is be ready, be willing, and be able to work. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38 says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And Luke chapter 10, uh, 10 verse 2 says, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. The thing about a garden or a crop, you got beans or corn planted in there, they just don't appear on their own. It takes work. Somebody has to plow, somebody has to plant, somebody has to sow, somebody has to water, somebody has to weed, and somebody has to harvest. Now the awesome thing about this is God has already done all the work. All we have to do is reap the harvest. And to do that, we have to be willing and able and ready to work. My grandma told me one time, and she's, she's passed on a couple of years ago, she, she jokingly told me, I'm retiring from the ministry. And she was probably 80 years old when she told me that. She was a Sunday school teacher my whole life. She read her Bible through at least twice a year. Always, always witnessing to somebody. Always uh, helping somebody in need. And she told me, she said, Josh, I'm done. I'm done with ministry. I'm just going to read my Bible, and I'm just going to pray, and I'm retiring from ministry. And two weeks later, she told me, well, your papa brought down this guy, and we made him dinner, and I gave him a Bible, and we started teaching him a Bible study. And I'm like, I thought you said you were retiring. And she's like, Josh, there is no retirement in the kingdom. And up until she passed away, she would witness to people, she would talk to people about the Lord. She was reading her Bible. She couldn't get out like she used to, but she was always doing something for the kingdom. And that's one of the things that I just love about this church. And I don't want to embarrass anybody. I don't want to call anybody out. And I know I'm going to miss somebody, and please don't be offended. But I'm looking at Sister Bit Predmore and Brother Predmore. I don't know how old they are, but they are a pillar of this church. And you know where you're going to find them at if somebody passes away? In the kitchen working, preparing food. Our door greeters, our, some of our senior citizens, our senior saints in here, we're, they're not in here just sitting down doing nothing. They're working. There's no day off. They're always working. They're always doing something for the kingdom of the Lord. Always willing, always able, always ready to work. And that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. That's the way we should all be. And if we're doing these things, and it's like I said, it's not an all-inclusive list. But if we're doing some of these things that we can do to stay connected, stay planted, stay rooted for the Lord, that we can be successful in 2021. When, these, when the, the political system is all a mess, when the world's falling apart behind us, that we can keep our eyes and our focus on the king and the goal. I want to make heaven my home. I am so tired of this place. I'm so tired of this. Man, I'm spitting all over that pulpit. Good Lord. 
That's me, Bishop. I want to get out of here. I'm ready to go. Come, Lord, quickly. Amen. Well, one of us wants to leave. Amen. Let's all stand. I don't want what God has started in my life to go by the wayside. And I don't want what God has started in your life to go to the wayside. I want each and every one of us, one of us to be successful in the kingdom. I want each one of us to grow like a tree that's planted near the waters. I want each one of us to make heaven our home and to have a better 2021 and we had a better 2020. To be successful for the Lord. I want to see this church packed this year. With souls being saved and the harvest being brought in. Would you agree with that? Yes. Amen. Let's all pray. Brother David. I tell you what, while they're singing, let's also all come to the front. I don't know if you got some burden or something you're dealing with, something that you just want to pray about or just talk to the Lord. But I'm going to open this altar up for everybody. You can come up while they're singing. Amen.